0: Hey, um, good to see you, eh? Katsupihe um, akoto? How are you doing? Katsupihe, katsupihe, cheers, Louise. Uh, como, estas? como estas? Bien, bien. Uh, super emocionado. See? Yeah, super excited. I'm excited. I'm excited about this sermon, to be honest. I'm trying to keep my calmness going. Um, So I'm talking about two pretty massive gifts uh, this morning. So talking about the gifts of healing or healings, plural, which we need to talk about, and the gift of miracles, which is kind of like, whoa, these are kind of huge ones we don't talk about in church a lot. So looking forward to kind of unpacking it. Um, Let me kind of illustrate this in a super weird way. So most of you know I do a lot of stupid things, right, which I'm sure you appreciate. And so I had a really cool illustration that was about me doing something amazing. And then I was like, nah, that's just stupid. So I'll tell you some stupid ones because it's much better. And this is introducing the, the sermon where I'm going, right? So I used to live in America and I used to live in Chicago for a bunch of years. And Jost and I were really good friends with a professor and his wife. And we were out, we used to go out to the house quite often on the weekends because we were right downtown Chicago, which is just like concrete and guns and ah. And they lived in the suburbs, which is all like birds and trees and all that good stuff, stars. Uh, So we used to go out there a lot. And uh, we were out there one weekend and they'd just bought a house. They'd been living in a townhouse thingy. Now they bought a house with land, you know, like, I was going to say a field with a lawn, whatever. And he was like, hey, Craig, do you reckon we could build a garden shed? And I was like, bro, of course we could. I'm from New Zealand. We can do anything. It'll be amazing. And he was like, all right. So because it's America, we then went to the store and bought a kit set shed, which I was kind of disappointed about. So we had the shed. And I know you're ready for this to be a terrible, but we built the most amazing shed ever. It was awesome. Doors worked, everything, right? It was super cool. But then we had to put the tiles on the roof. And he was like, "Ooh, this could be tricky. And I was like, pfft. I'm from New Zealand, we can tile anything, man, let's just do it, so we're up there putting the tiles on, it was just like a shed, you know, like, I don't know, yay, big, if you're on the podcast, kia ora, podcast people, sorry, kia ora. good to see you, hear you, I don't know, um, so we're building the shed, and we did all the tiling, and we were like, oh, that's fantastic, and then we got off the shed, and stepped away and looked at it, worst tiling job in the history of the universe, so tiles are meant to like go, you know, overlap, overlap, and they were like, it's just unbelievably shocking, and he just looked at me, and he's like... Bro, I thought you said you knew, and I was like, oh well, you know. <laughs> okay, so fast forward um, a few months, and he said, hey man, I want to build a fence. So at the back of their property, it kind of dropped away. Long story, and he said, um, do you reckon we could build a fence? And I was like, bro, I'm from New Zealand, man. We can build anything. <laughs> I don't know, hey. Eh? That's how we are in New Zealand, right? We're like. So give me some number eight wire and I can totally fix that entire machine or whatever. Right? No idea what we're doing, but we fixed it. So I said, yeah, 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 we can build a fence. I grew up at a camp, fences everywhere. How hard is it to build a fence, right? So we again went to the store, bought all the fancy things. Um, shows you I know what I'm talking about. Now we bought posts and rails and nails. I know all the terminology. Hammers. Nah. Um, so we came back and built this fence and it was amazing. Like we put it in, dug holes, posts, did the whole thing. Fantastic. And then after two or three hours, kind of stepped back to look at it. And I was like, that is the wonkiest fence in the history of fences. And we'd done the dumbest thing. So normally when you build a fence, you put a string or a wire at one end, another one at the other end to line it up. No, we didn't do that. And so it was like, you look down and it was just like, like, out by feet. This post is here, this post, just shocking. We... After that, we moved to Denver. We went back to visit them, and that fence was gone. And I was like, bro, I'm so hurt. And he was like, it was the ugliest fence ever, bro. We just couldn't leave it up. But the shed stayed, and I don't know how much it leaks, but it's all good. Hey, so with some of the spiritual gifts that we've been talking about in this series, um, you can kind of fake it, right? You can fake it. So you might say, I have the gift of helps, and then you go and help someone. They're not really going to be able to tell if you're really doing that empowered by the Spirit or if you're just helping in your own strength. Does it make sense, eh? Someone might have the gift of hospitality, and they could say to you, come around for dinner, and you go around for dinner or lunch or something, and it would be hard to assess: Are they really doing this in power? Is this really a gift, or do they just like cooking and providing food? It's kind of tricky like that. But when we get to the gifts of um, healings and miracles, you just can't do that, right? You can't fake it, right? You can't fake it. You can't go and pray for someone for emotional healing or physical healing. And they're healed, and then you're like, it's going to be God, right? These two to me are quite different. These ones are 100% the power of God, working through someone who is called and gifted and empowered by him to use these gifts. There can be no faking. Yeah, I've got helps. Really, how do I tell? I kind of, someone claims to say, I've got the gift of, of healings, if I've got the gift of miracles, we're going to see it real clearly, right? Which I'm super excited about. Um, here's the, the verse that we keep looking at, and I just keep wanting to go back to it, right? Um, 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. These gifts are really to help each other. And this is one of the key things we've got to remember. Did heaps of reading this week, and one of the, the dangers in both these gifts is because they're so powerful and so out there, it would be very easy for someone with that gift to get really arrogant. That makes sense, eh? Real easy to go, yeah, check me out, man. When I pray for people, boom, we're talking healing, see? We're talking, it's kind of like, whoa, that's, that's really dangerous. That's not of God, Right. So one thing has got to remember these gifts. Yeah, when I use my gifts, there's always blessing, there's always encouragement for me, but it's all about helping other people, right? That's the whole point. Hey, here's the definition that, from our um, workbooks that we've been looking at. And I love this definition because it's a lot bigger than a lot of us think. The gift of healings, and it's plural, we'll talk about, are uh, to be used as a means through which God makes people whole, either physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. Um, I love how this gift is really inclusive, really big. And I always have found it interesting how a lot of people, when they talk about the gift of healing, they only ever talk about it in a physical sense. And I've always gone, why would you do that? When Jesus was with people, he didn't just heal them physically, right? So often Jesus would, and he was always having like one-on-one conversations with people. And so often when Jesus had that conversation, he was bringing spiritual healing to that person, bringing emotional healing to that person. So one of the things like, and I'll, we'll read the verses in a minute from Corinthians, but one of the things that's real interesting is this one is a plural one. It's the gifts of he So again, New Testament's written in Greek, and it's real clear in there. Um, so some of them are, are singular, like faith, there's a whole bunch that are singular, but there's some that are plural. So another one that's real interesting is the gift of helps. It's plural, right? And the reason for that is because someone could have different ways of helping and serving and blessing people, right? There's not just one way. And the just seems to be the same with this gift of healings. It's not just one way. So someone could be really amazing at bringing emotional healing. And they, when they sit with someone who's broken and hurting and they, they talk and pray with them, it's just like, wow, God brought emotional healing. Man. You know what I mean? Eh? And someone else has the gift of healings again, and the gift that they have is physical. Man, when they pray over people, God just moves through them, and people are healed and... Mm. Oh, let's get excited about this. So I was thinking about this week, right? And I was thinking about um, a few people in this church, and I was thinking about Victoria, who's at the back translating. Hola. Hola. Um, Victoria, I would say, has a real gift of emotional, physical, spiritual. I don't know about, um, about physical healing. I haven't seen that yet. But she has a real strong gift in this area. Like, that so many of the former refugees that Victoria works with, Broken. <laughs> No, off the charts broken, right? Which is why they've had to flee their country and come here. And then Victoria just does so much beautiful pastoral care of sitting with these people, often crying with these people, and through the power of God, guiding her and strengthening her, bringing emotional healing, bringing spiritual healing. Makes sense, eh? See what I'm saying? So when we think of the gift of healings, we have to not just go, it's physical. It's like it's this whole variety, and it's real interesting that Paul's real specific in in saying it's a, a plural one. So again, I've talked about this, but I want to say it again. This, this gift of healing and this gift of the miracles, which we'll talk about in a minute, just so, to me, quite different from the other ones, where the other ones I could kind of do it on my own strength, but this one you just can't, right? <laughs> you can't do this. Um, someone who's really, really sick at the hospital and someone who has the gift of, of healing goes and prays to them, and they are healed, <laughs> There's no way you can be like, well, yeah, thank you, you know, I'm pretty... We're not... You no, know, it's, it's, it's like there was almost nothing to do with you. You had the faith. We're going to talk about faith. You had the faith. You went and were obedient to God, but that was the power of God working through you, right? It makes sense, eh? Makes sense? Cool. All righty. Hey, let's look at the verses um, here. So first, if you've got your Bible, it's good to jump there. Paul's just kind of mentioning them as words, so there's not a lot of unpacking in here, but then we're going to look at a whole bunch of times that we see... Uh, This gift of healing you. So if you've got your Bible, go over to 1 Corinthians 12. Or if you have a device, go over there. Like I always say, I could just be making all this stuff up and you're sitting there going, oh, fantastic preaching, Greg, and it's not even in the Bible. But it is, so you could check it out. Hey, so 1 Corinthians 12 verse 9 uh, simply says the same spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else, uh, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. And then he carries on. Verse 10, because we're going to come to miracles in a minute. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or another spirit. And then he talks about tongues and so on. So you can see real clearly that he's saying this, this gifts of healings is how we should say it. If you jump down to 28 and 30, again, Paul's just talking about it like he expects to see it in, in the churches. Um, I'll start in verse 27, 1 Corinthians 12. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts that God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, which I talked about last week. Second are prophets, teachers. uh, And then he just carries on listening. Those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. And then he kind of carries on. Um, One of the things that, as elders, we wanted to make it really clear, when we read the Bible, we just take it, right? We just understand it. Um, And I've kind of hinted this a little bit over the last few weeks. When we read this, we go, Apostles, yeah, and the way I described it last week is totally what we agree with. Remember, there's a difference between the office and the role, right? The office and the gift, rather. The office and the gift, talk heaps about that. Prophets saying kind of thing, teachers. Um, And then we go, miracles, ooh, that's interesting. The gift of healing, whoa, that's interesting. Oh, help others, yeah, yeah, we totally accept one, that one. Uh, those who have the gift of leadership, no, yeah, we totally accept that one. So one of the things we don't want to do is just kind of pick and choose, like read through a list like that and be like, ooh, gift of healings, that's a bit of a freaky one, we'll just kind of ignore that. We don't want to do that because we see Paul just kind of listing this out really clearly. When we get to helps, we don't go, ooh. when we get to leadership, we don't go, ooh. I don't know what hoof means. <laughs> we just go, yeah, these are that. So when we get to these, these harder ones to understand, we go, yeah, those are what we believe Paul is um, explained us for the church today, those are the ones that we believe God is bringing to the church. Hey, so let's look at a couple of examples, and these you guys know these examples super well. So these ones are from um, Jesus, so one of the, the things when we think about healings, and I want to be real practical, how do I, if I think I have the gift of healing, what does that look like, what do I do? Um, so often Jesus lays his hands on people, um, which just means he's touching them, right? He's touching them. So if you got your Bible, go over to Luke uh, 4, verse 40. I always love how, how touchy, <laughs> in a good sense, Jesus is. It's really cool. Um, and the next one just always blows my mind and makes me cry, but I'll be strong. Okay, Luke 4.40. As the sun went down that evening, people throughout the village brought sick family members to Jesus. And I love this next bit. No matter what their diseases were, the touch of his hand healed everyone. Now, there's no way, and you can um, unpack, there's tons of verses where it talks like this. It's not saying there was something magical in Jesus' touch, right? Because heaps of times Jesus heals from a distance, right? Um, There's a bunch of times where someone comes to him and the person's not even there, and Jesus just says, hey, they're healed, and they go home, and they're like, whoa, they were healed at exactly the time when Jesus said that. So he doesn't have to touch. So one of the questions is, well, why does he touch them? What's that about? And the answer is pretty simple. It's just Jesus is such a person of love and a person of connection wanting this person that's broken and hurt to know that he is with them. He's connecting with them. Does it make sense, eh? So one of the things, like, like we've talked about with all these gifts, if you don't have a certain gift, it doesn't mean to say you're like, woohoo, I don't have the gift of helps, so I'm not going to help anyone. It's like, it doesn't work like that, right? We still love one another. We're still going to help people, care for people, right? Um, when it come, comes to the gift of, of healings. Uh, it might be like, man, I don't have this gift at all, but it doesn't mean to say that I'm not going to pray for people to be healed emotionally, physically, spiritually. Makes sense, eh? And, and I love this. This touching is so cool. The next one's one of my favourite verses. So, um, jump over to Matthew eight. I just love, I've, I just love this verse, eh? And Jesus does this a lot. He doesn't always, like I said, um, touch, but so often he does. And um, where are we going? Uh, eight one to three. Matthew 8, 1 3, large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean. And then, this is the coolest line ever, right? Jesus reached out and touched him. I'm willing, he said, be healed. And instantly, the leprosy disappeared. I just love this verse so much because Jesus makes a real point of touching the guy before he heals him, right? You see that, eh? He doesn't, and he could have easily gone, whoa, nasty, bro, stay over there, and I'll just heal you, and now I'll come and touch you, we'll give you a hug. It's like, nah, in your brokenness, man, in your disease, in your sickness, I'm going to be with you, and he lays his hand on him. I, I always think, and I've, I've said this before here, right, when I've been preaching, when was the last time that guy had a, a loving touch, right? <laughs> He's got leprosy, man, no one is touching him, could have been years, could have been decades. Since someone had come to him and just put their hand on him and said, hey, I'm with you in this, man. I'm with you in your brokenness. I'm with you in your sickness. Oh, Jesus is beautiful. So one of the things when we're, we're thinking about praying for someone, we want to connect with that person, right? We want to be with them. If I go to the hospital to pray for someone, I visit someone in their house, I, I'll always ask, but I always want to put my hand on them. And it's just this symbol of like, I'm, I'm with you, man. This is horrible. I'm with you, person. Okay, what's another thing about um, this healing that we see a lot? Uh, and this is another one that's real interesting. Um, for the disciples and elders, healing is often done through anointing with oil, right? Through anointing with oil, which is real interesting. And I'm going to do a giant confession in a minute, which you can all judge me for if you want, but I'm not too worried. Hey, go over to Mark 6:13. I got heaps of verses this morning because I wanted to make sure we all saw this stuff was clear in the Bible. Um, where are we going? Mark 6. 13, um, so Jesus sent out the, the, the disciples, and it says, so the disciples went out telling everyone they met to repent of their sins and turn to God, and they cast out many demons and healed many sick people, anointing them with oil, and we're going to read another one in James, and it's like, well, on, what's this whole anointing them with oil thing, so part of it's cultural, so part of it in their culture, a lot of people had um, skin diseases and things, and they had found that oil was actually really healing, right? A real healing thing. Sometimes it was purely because it's like a moisturizer, which is kind of like, okay. Um, But a big, big part of it, and you see this in the Old Testament, is when someone's anointed with oil, or oil's put on them, it's again the symbol of like, we are with you in this. We're with you in this, right? And I just just love that, right? I'm building to my confession, but let's look at one more verse. So um, James 5, James 5, 14. So this is about the elders, right? About the elders, Where are we? James 5, 14. Um, so I'll start on verse 13. Are any of you suffering? I love this, eh? Hey? This is such a crazy verse. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. I love that, eh? Hey? If, if, uh, if you're suffering a hardship, and I don't mean this in a rude way, right? If you're suffering a hardship and you don't ask us to pray for you as a church, you're just nuts. <laughs> just, you're nuts. Why wouldn't you, right? Text, we do anonymous, you see on the pre-chain all the time, there's anonymous things, and I'll put stuff on all the time, can you just pray for someone struggling? And that's because someone's reached out, they're really in a bad place, they don't want everyone to know. So if you're struggling, if you're in hardship, if it's hard, text me, text Kumlan, who runs the, and be like, hey, don't tell anyone, but can you guys pray, or or tell everyone, I don't know. I just love how, how obvious it is there, eh? Hey, so this is the verse, verse 14, are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. That's the key, right? Name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you'll be forgiven. I love this. A couple of real interesting things here. Is one, verse 15, such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. What he's saying here is that sometimes the person who's sick just doesn't have enough faith to call out to God for healing, right? Because they are sick. They are messed up. Again, it might be emotional, physical, spiritual, Um, They don't have enough faith to say, God, I need you. I believe you can. They're just like, man, I'm so sick. I'm so broken. I just can't do it. But what it says there is it's the faith of the elders who come and pray, right? I just love that. I love that. We have the coolest elders. I'm always guiding to my, like, everyone's in, like, groups, right? Like, you guys that are engineers, you're all, like, cool engineers together. And, like, the plumbers all hang out at, like, Plumber Town and talk plumbing stuff. So pastors all hang out and talk pastory. I don't know, we talk about Jesus because we're so spiritual. Nah. And I'm always, I'm honestly always um, boasting to pastor mates um, that we have the coolest elders ever here. We really do. Our elders are just phenomenal. Um, Man, if you're sick. Uh, again, not just physical, but emotional. You need to call to the elders and say, can you come and pray over me? <laughs> you may not have enough faith to call out to God for healing. That There may be no light at the end of your tunnel because it's so dark. And that's where the elders, because they are tight with God, that's where they come and they bring the faith. They come and sit with you and cry and go, God, <laughs> we need you to move here. It's their faith. I love that, eh? It's cool. Hey, okay, so confession time. When I was studying this, this is one of those ones where you've read a verse a ton of times and you read it again, the Holy Spirit's like, seriously? And you're like, no, oh, man, done it. So I, I pray for heaps of people, right, um, as an elder in this church and for healing for them. And so this is full confession time. So if you want to judge me or complain, come and talk to Will. So when Will was up here praying, he's one of the elders, so all complaints to Will. That'd be awesome. Um, Often I've gone, I've gone and prayed with someone, and I will take oil, and it's just oil, right? It's not like magical, mystical oil or anything. It's just regular old oil. It smells super cool, my oil, just, you know, amazing, but that's beside the point. Uh, and often I'll do just a little sign of the cross on their forehead, just saying, because I'm praying for them in the name of Jesus, right? And that's what we, we always, I've talked heaps about that, right? It's his authority. Sometimes if they're real sick, I might just do a little sign of the cross on the hand, because they're real sick. But a bunch of times I've gone to pray for someone, I've had the oil in my pocket, and then I've just gone, oh, I just feel so weird doing the oil thing. And as I'm praying, I'm thinking God's like, oi, what are you doing? It literally says there's an hour to come and anoint them because it's this symbol and this connection. I was like, oh, I just felt weird about it. And this week when I was preparing, I was like, wow, why would I disobey God like that? Why would I disobey God like that? What was it about? And it was all about my own self-esteem, not when to feel stink in front of the person, which is stupid because they're not going to think like that. And so I was like, okay, from now on, if anyone comes to me and says, can you come and pray for healing? You're going to get oil. I'm just going to be dumping it. (laughs) You know what I mean? eh? Because I was like, man, as as elders, this is what God calls us to do, right? I love this from James because this is getting really late in the New Testament now, in the establishment of the church. And Paul's making it really clear, such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. The Lord will make you well. Again, it's not not me as an elder coming, it's not Grant or Will or Joel coming as an elder, it's the power of God on that person. I just love that. eh? It's cool, really cool. Hey, so how do we actually pray for healing? What does this look like, right? Um, Again, I just wanted to make this super practical. Um, So how do we actually pray for healing? So I just thought I'd explain how I do it. So I've prayed for tons of people for healing over the years. And the way I do it is I always want to submit to the will of God, right? We always want to submit to the will of God. So when I go to pray for someone um, and ask God for healing, I'll either pray about God's will at the beginning of the prayer or at the end of the prayer, just depending on where I'm at with that person. And so I will just simply pray. And again, I might anoint them with oil, which from now on I will um, anoint them with oil. And then I'll just call out to God on their behalf. And I'll say something like And I wanted to make this super practical. So if you're like, oh, I think I have that gift, but what do I actually do so I can explain it? So I'll just say, hey, kia ora atua. <laughs> kia ora, God. Um, we are your children. And you make it very clear in the Bible that you listen to our prayers. And we see in the Bible that you literally change the course of human history based on the prayers of your children. You ask us to pray in honesty and you ask us to call out to you in the name of Jesus, this would be what I'd be praying, right? So right now I am praying for whoever, and I'm telling you what we would love to happen. We want full healing or full restoration or full release or whatever it is, right, in the name of Jesus, and pray that kind of thing. But then I'll always say, and again at the end or at the beginning, but we always want to submit ourselves to your will. You are the creator of the universe. You are the sovereign God. You love us and care about us way more than we'll ever understand. So, we're telling you what we want to happen, but we submit to your will, whatever you want to bring in this situation. Makes sense, eh? Simple, right? So, I'd really encourage you if you find someone who's sick, someone who's hurt, put on your brave Jesus pants and just say to them, hey, can I pray for you for healing? Again, emotional, spiritual, physical. I think a lot of us wimp out in this one, right? If I texted heaps of you and said, hey, so and is moving tomorrow, I'm hiding. If you're listening to the podcast, I'm hiding behind things. I don't know what I'm hiding. Um, If I texted you and said, hey, so-and-so's moving tomorrow, I know you don't have the gift of helps, but could you come and give us a hand to to move this person? Most of you would be like, yeah, I'm I'm there. (laughs) But some of us wimp out when it comes to praying for someone for healing, because we're kind of like, no, I don't know. So I just want to encourage you, man, boldness in the spirit. These verses are so clear. Next time someone's hurt, someone's broken, just say, hey, can I pray? Worst thing that'll happen is they'll say, No. You'll be like, okay, <laughs> you know, it's not like going to be like, oh my gosh, get away from me, you freak! What are you doing? You know, they're not going to. Ninety-nine percent of the time, they will say, oh my gosh, yes, please, pray for me, right? So cool, I love it. It's cool, eh? Okay. Hey, here's a little quote. A um, couple of quotes coming up. I love this this quote talking about healing. From Ken Blue, if we want to understand God at, God's attitude towards physical healing, we should look at Jesus' life and ministry. If Jesus truly reveals the character of God to us, then we may cease speculating about and arguing over God's will in sickness and healing. Jesus healed people because he loved them. Very simply, he had compassion for them. He was on their side. He wanted to solve their problems. I just love that. Let me read this again. If we want to understand God's attitude towards physical healing, we should look at Jesus' life and ministry. If Jesus truly reveals the character of God to us, then we may cease speculating about and arguing over God's will and sickness and healing. Jesus healed people because he loved them. <laughs> Very simply, he had compassion for them. He was on their side. He wanted to solve their problems. I love that, eh? I love that. Love is always the core, right? Here's a little quote from Wayne Gruden. Wayne Gruden's one of my favorite like, theologians, like big people who know all about the Bible, right? And this is what he's talking about, um, healing. He says, those were the gifts of healing, uh, and if you're listening on the podcast, then in brackets, he says, a literal translation of the plurals in First Corinthians 12, 9, and 28, as I've explained, will be those people who find that their prayers for healing are answered more frequently and more thoroughly than others. When that becomes evident, a church should be wise to encourage them in this ministry and give them more opportunities to pray for others who are ill. I just love that, eh? But we're not going to discover that. We're not going to see that unless we step out in boldness, expecting God to work through us, right? Again, it's the the faith of the elder. It's the faith of the person praying often because that person that's hurt, that's sick, just just don't have that faith at that time, man, because they're they're hurt. I I just love that, eh? I love that. Okay. Let's look at the second one. So that's the gift of healings, plural. Uh, And this is the gift of miracles. This is a real short one, so... Um, real short one. Let's look. We'll go back to First Corinthians 12. I read these before, but we'll read them again just so we can see it again in context. So 1 Corinthians 12, verse 10. So I read verse 9 before. Verse 10, he gives um, one person the power to perform miracles, another the ability to prophesy, and then yada, yada. We read that before. So then jump down to verse 28. Verse 28. So same, I read it just before. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, and so on and so on. Um, so you can see it pretty, pretty clearly, right? Um, here's the, the definition that's from our workbooks that we're all working through and, and that um, we've been going back to all the time. The gift of miracles, to be enabled by God to perform mighty deeds, I love it, eh? which witnesses acknowledge to be of supernatural origin and means. I just love that. One of the crazy things here is Paul uses this really random word, and it's just power. (laughs) And so when you see this one, he literally is saying some people have the gift of power, the power of God. And when I hear that, I'm just like, man, that is pretty awesome, (laughs) to be honest, right? There's some people in our church that are gifted with the gift of helps. And I'm like, woohoo, we need those people, especially because we're moving in like 25 days. So helps people, just put that in your calendar. <laughs> um, there's some people that God's gifted with the gift of hospitality. And we're like, man, that's such a blessing to people, right? God's gifted some people with the gift of, of healing. They can meet with someone who's struggling emotionally, and God just empowers them to speak wisdom. And I just love all those, right, like I've talked about. And then we get to this one. It's like we can't go, hang, hang on, that's too weird. We'll just put it in this box over here and hide it. It's like, man, this is an incredible one that some people, God has given them this special gift. Again, it's Him working through them to work miracles. I'm like, man, that is just, <laughs> just wild. Let's look at a couple in, um, in the New Testament. So we'll just look at a few of these verses. So I had so many verses this week, and I kept culling, culling, culling verses. But um, So go over to Acts chapter 5, verse 19. And you guys know this. This is um, the guys getting out of um, jail. Uh, where are we going? Verse 19. Uh, we'll start in verse 17 of Acts chapter 5. The high priest's officials who were Sadducees were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. And then there's a miracle, a massive miracle. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. And then he told them, go to the temple and give the people this message of life. One thing to get with this gift of miracles is that it's a real deliberate one that people just cannot argue with because it is so awesome. <laughs> and it's always to do with presenting the truth of who God is, right? It's always to do with presenting the truth of who God is. And, and you see that so clearly there, right? I love that. Um, let's do twelve sixteen 16, eh? Uh, Acts 12, verse 16. Same kind of story, but it's different. It's just good to see all this stuff in the Bible, way. Eh? Where are we? 16. Um, whoops, 6, 6, 6, 6. So Acts 12 from verse 6. Uh, the night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly, there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord, This next verse is so funny. And the angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him. I'm always like, man, that just seems really aggressive. He couldn't have just been like, Peter, Peter. But he's like, ugh, pokes him on the side and said, quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrists. Amazing, eh? And the angel told him, get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So there's tons, right? I could go right through the Gospels, the life of Jesus. Through Acts, there's just miracles all over the place, right? Pretty cool. Um, So some of these miracles are just these incredible (laughs) actions of God, right? Some of them are real specific, and I wanted to look at these. So, um, Acts 16 8. So, the miraculous power over demons. I thought this is really interesting ones. So, go to Acts 16. I'm going to read verse 18. So, the context of this one is there's been. the disciples, mainly Paul, are trying to preach the gospel. and Because remember I said that the, the miracle is often associated with this. It's so massive you can't argue with it. And it enables the gospel to be proclaimed, the truth of Jesus to be proclaimed, right? Um, and he's trying to preach the gospel. Um, and the, uh, there's this girl who has a demon, and she just keeps following them around and yelling, and they just cannot preach the gospel, right? And so I love this verse here. So um, verse 16, one day... Uh, as we were going down <coughs> to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God. They've come to tell you how to be saved. Which is kind of wild. That's what they're doing. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated. I love to say eh? He turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and instantly it left her. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered and they grabbed, blah, blah, blah. I just like love that, right? Um, I've said this before. I've been in some pretty crazy situations over my life. Been in some situations where I've been with someone who is literally being possessed by a demon and all the crazy stuff. I've talked about that before. And then prayed with them. And just instantly in that prayer, they go from just absolute turmoil and terror and craziness to oh, just peace. It's like... That's a miracle right there, God working, right? I love that, eh? I love that. Let's look at Luke 10. It's the same kind of story, but again, I want to make sure we see all this from the Bible. Luke ten seventeen, and This is when Jesus sent out uh, not just the 12 disciples, but all the others too. There's 72 of them. Uh, it says, When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us, and we use your name. Um, again, this, this, this gift of miracles, right? Pretty massive, pretty impossible to to argue with, right? Because it's just so blunt, so huge. Here's a quote. Um, again, it's a bit of a long one, but I love this quote, talking about this gift of miracles. Those with the spiritual gift of miracles often have a heightened sensitivity to the presence and power of God through His Holy Spirit. They have a special measure of faith and desire for God to reveal Himself and draw many to faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. That's what I was saying, right? This gift of miracles is so often to do with the proclamation of the truth of who Jesus is, right? I love that. They take care not to draw attention to themselves or have a following of people, but are constantly pointing others to Jesus. Those with this gift understand that God is sovereign, and He can work when and how He desires. I love that. But they make sure they are available in listening to the prompting of His Holy Spirit. This gift is often accompanied by prayer and strong petition by these individuals for God to reveal his glory to people. They do not claim power for themselves, but always give credit and glory to God for his mighty works. Man, I just love that quote, eh? Mighty works. Hey, worship team, you guys want to come up? I'm going to finish. Hey, let's all stand. Eh? Let's stand as I kind of finish this a bit. I'm guessing for some of you, you're like, "Wow, I've never heard teaching on these gifts before. I need time to process this, right? So as one of the elders, um, as a pastor here, I want to say, if you're like, "Wow, I'm wrestling with this, then one of the elders would love to catch up with you and, and help you understand this better, right? But one of the biggest things I wanted to say is that <laughs> these gifts especially need boldness of the Spirit, right? Boldness of the Spirit, and it's really easy for us to be wimply and and weak when it comes to really stepping out in faith. And this got me so excited this week. A couple of times I had to calm down because I was getting so excited. I was like, man, if the Bible's correct, which last time I checked, I believe it really is, (laughs) and if these gifts are really for today, how awesome would it be to see God doing this at our church, right? (laughs) How amazing would it be to see someone come in who's just broken emotionally? And we've identified people who have the gift of healing, and we say, oh, Joe, so you have the gift of healing. Could you go in? <laughs> she goes, ministers to them, prays to them, and they walk out completely different. We go to the hospital, and someone is really sick, really broken, and we know that so-and-so has the gift of healing. So I'm not going to go up. We'll send that person. They go up and pray over that person. That person's healed. I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> just be amazing. But the, the hard part for us, I guess, now, is to find those people that have those gifts. And if we're going to keep being wimply, right? If we're going to keep saying, oh, I just don't know. I don't know if I do. Oh, I'd like to pray for them. And I'm pretty sure that God's telling me to pray for healing for this person. But no, then we'll never find out, right? So I just want to encourage you. Man, let's be more bold in the things of the Spirit. Let's be more bold in listening to Him and asking Him to guide us in different situations and to empower us and work through us. Man, I'm excited, eh? I'm excited. Let me pray for us as we carry on in worship, eh? Yeah. Almighty God, I thank you so much for your word, for the Bible. Thanks for making it so clear that we can read through it, and it's just so practical and so easy to understand, God. Um, Yeah, yeah, we would love to see these gifts being used mightily uh, in our church. Not so that we're cool or anything stupid like that, but so that we would see people um, move from darkness to the kingdom of your Son, whom you love. We would see people who are broken and people who are hurt, people who are struggling, um, restored in the name of Jesus because you are a God of power. Thank you for that cool verse from Ephesians where Paul says, your power is for us, God. I call out to you now in the name of Jesus. If there's people in our group, which we assume there obviously is, who have this gift of healings, these people in our church who have this gift of miracles, God, can you just help them to, I don't know, in different situations to be bold in the spirit, to step out going, <laughs> I'm freaking out, but I'm going to pray. Hey, can I pray for healing for you? Um, we just want to see that, God, we really do. want to see you work powerfully. Yeah, I pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, amen.